in cultivation, we're learning to experience things directly as they really are inside into our conditions really are it's an insight for um, knowing that's normally we conceive of things and we conceive of things as being solid um, you know somewhere or another like definite this is not that begins and ends it's red and not green good and not bad you know, put things in categories actually you experience things more directly you can see these categories are not really that valid things shift and change and merge beginnings and endings aren't, don't really exactly begin and end they subside and well up from somewhere we don't necessarily investigate where they're coming from because we assume well, it's a thing it's not a thing, it's a wave it's not, it's not a brick, it's a wave where does the wave begin? where does it come welling up from? what's the source, what's the dynamic within that thought, that idea that impression, that emotion, that feeling what's the push of it, what's the rush of it and what triggers it this is insight looking into the causal origins of phenomena and dhammas aren't really even things they, though you've got a very good English word for it they're like potentials, qualities qualities can shift they're not bricks, they are waveforms mm. you know, so you get emotions that start feeling slightly you know, happy excited and maybe stressful agitated cooling, changing things that seem desperately important really gets you fired up lingering with that and it changes into yeah, I'm going to get on with that sometime or another change Um, seeing one's emotional pressures just being sustained kindly compassionately and spaciously not acted upon not fed not proliferated around and where this whole thing goes out of kilter is when we get an impression an emotion or something like that rises up it's important it's terrible it's wonderful it's fantastic it's interesting important we don't catch the wave until it settles into something more, you know, stabilizing. We really see clearly the causes and the results. And so there's a kind of, you get impetuous. Like that. So you get that, it comes. And then proliferating is really important. We must do everybody should. They don't, you know, the whole world comes cascading out of what was one's personal concern you know and people take stands upon something you know, get a concern that becomes we don't do this, everything's going to ruin we must do that, we're never going to get it wow 
it's you would say it's a point of some significance and you know before that cascade takes over proliferation where one's emotional current floods into the world and colors it in a particular way urgency despair projecting future creating people out of what are really potentials, human potentials for skillful, unskillful, warm, cold, bright, dark the mingling of the human chitta when we try to cut out people out of good people, bad people and some of these can linger stored up in your chitta that so and so was always this, that and the other lot there you know, she's always this, that and the other it's established and proliferate around it he's one of those established, proliferating around that get, where, they, where are these people? they're locked inside one's chitta it's been frozen, freeze dried and around that kind of all kinds of allegiances and feuds can be generated this is why it's so important to really understand the relativity of perception so the emotion do not flood into it and make it something solid still it's a useful no, it's, not, it's never wrong, entirely wrong one does feel affected things can give rise to good or bad results, that's true but rather than that surge that floods into it could just be, hmm, let's look at this carefully maybe it wrong maybe it's only 20% right or 5% right that is, it's right for me okay, that has to, that's right for you mm-hmm. not denying that does it fit everything else? Mm-hmm. then, you know, that's okay we have different sensitivities so you live in a context in which yeah, I mean I think we could always sense well this isn't quite exactly right or it's alright but you find you tune into another value harmony yeah, that's, that's better yeah, that's better relief it gives you a sense of relief from the the individuality which creates a pressure to be heard and felt and known and make things work there's a pressure you don't want the pressure the pressure there's got to be some sense of not just a collapse into resigned defeat but a feeling oh this is is a nice sense of agreement and harmony and we work together and that feels good to me really does the other stuff yeah no all right that's not as good (laughs) getting it my way isn't quite as good it felt good at the time but actually this feels better it's more spacious easeful less forced less brittle 
So moderating, contemplating. Where did that come from? Where did that triggering effect occur? And so we're looking into asava, outflows, leaks, where the mind breaks out, energies rush out, gets invaded by something. And this is, you know, it's not as mystical as you think, it's pretty standard experience. But because we don't name it, we don't focus on it, and we have everything, certain delusions, or called vipalasas, seeing things upside down, that is established. What seeing we see something as solid and fixed, which isn't. We're so ingrained in that, our world runs upon that. You know, laws and orders and measurements all run upon that assumption. A kilometre is a kilometre, not different <laughs> from day to day. The world of abstracts, that's great, that's fine. But when you think, how long does it take you to walk a kilometre? Well, it changes. You know, how long does it feel to you? You know, a kilometre when, when it's pouring with rain, it's cold, is a lot longer than a kilometre when it's a dry, warm, sunny day. Directly experienced, they're two different creatures. Right? And do you know how you swap, you go to the abstract and the conceive rather than direct? Because it, you know, but here you're looking, because near your aim is not social organization, but understanding what's moving you and weighing you down and causing suffering. So there's certain called vipalasas, which are establishing things as permanent and solid, which aren't that way. People, minds, days. Establishing things as certain, which are not actually certain. Can't be made certain, yet we want them to be certain. Please tell me what you're going to be doing next year. Can I book you for April? I get this so many times. I'm saying, don't you get it? There is no April. You know, where are we living? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, but maybe April 12th? <laughs> and you go, look, do I have to keep... <laughs> I understand, you know, what well, you're coming from is, I have a need to feel secure. I have a need to get my, my brochure out. <laughs> I pump my leaflet. Okay, okay, I understand that. Yeah. Well, you know, then you go along with it. But uh, yeah, you know, I kind of live in that world. <laughs> and you see how it is, how it really is. What could be happening between then and then? What's going to be going on? Who knows? In these last 20 months, every plan. Has been hammered flat by this pandemic. So that every plan, every could you, every appointment, every engagement pounded into dust. You know, your mind eventually just stops doing it. And you say, oh, 
I think it's over now. Can we start playing? Can we do it again? <laughs> it's kind of nice, you know, just, don't know, next day, sunrises, get out, help out, what's happening, just go do things. <laughs> it's kind of nice rhythm to it. We go back to normal, the old normal, which is crazy. <laughs> get crazy again, because it's a habit. Uh, seeing that which is stressful as non-stressful, this is a vipalasa. Yeah, so we think success is, is wonderful. Success is very stressful. People burn out. It creates conflict. People just cook with success, get inflated with it, and stressful. And it always the fear of failure lingers behind that. And yet people want to succeed, have to succeed, encourage to succeed, you've got to succeed. And you can look at the kind of number of times and saying, oh, so-and-so retired from sport because of mental health. What? Oh, he's no longer playing, this is, you know, actor had a breakdown because of mental health issues. What? What it means is stressed out to the point when it's so... It, Nervous system is just frying, and anxiety, fear, depression, the thing goes out of kilter. That's what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. Don't be a success. Then you're not, then you're never a failure. You get out of the, off the grid. And you can take that for any pursuit, meditation, being good, non punk, whatever, take it off the grid. Yeah, try to understand, translate the concepts of the training of the life into direct felt realities. That's why this training has to be not just known, read, but felt, lived, sensed, modeled, discussed, and so forth, to get the feeling for what it's about conscience and concern, respect, restraint. Not just, you know, rules and procedures, which we easily translate into, because that's where our minds are used to seeing things. Seeing things as uh, self that aren't self. Not that we belong. Everything that happens internally is considered me, mine. Every thought is mine. Every emotion is me. Every screw up goes on, made a, made a mistake. Me. It's pretty intense, isn't it? <laughs> or inflated. The opposite. Comparing. So, how much of me is it? When you actually try to decisively have agency over your mind, you realize it keeps slipping away into all kinds of business, memories and shifts and energies happening, didn't want them, thoughts coming up from somewhere. Well, how much, you know, if you have, don't have decisive agency over that, what kind of a, what kind of a me is that? And how much of it is just invaded? You're still hearing songs you heard 15 years ago start playing in your head. Where do they come from? You ever get one of those? 
one earworm, get some ditty that you heard on radio ten years ago and it still starts chirping up. It's, you're, you're porous. Uh, you're a kind of a, a web of experiences. So and we take these qualities very personally. And that makes us hypersensitive and, and critical and nervous and you know, oversensitive about what goes on. Um, and you're over, then you don't really notice the pattern of it because you're looking at the features, the images, the memories. Looking pattern, the arising, welling up from somewhere. The skillful, unskillful, the dispassion towards those, which is the important things, good or bad, held mindfully. Seeing things as beautiful that are beautiful. Of course, the big one here is the human body. And, uh, you know, how much our world is made out of uh, configuring the human body as a source of uh, erotic um, pleasure. So, if you kind of dress it up, right, and put enough of this, that, and the other, tweak this, yeah, you can get a nice design. This leveled up and get an interesting design. You can make some gestures that have certain intriguing, fascinating qualities to them. But it's all gesture. It's a gesture and image. You get down to it, fundamentally, body is bones, meat, blood. It's, there it is. It does its job. It's what it is. But that, you know, look at any media, that body, one of the main bodies being presented is the delight part of the body that you're attracted to time and time again and message you should be one of these or you should get one of those and really his meat bones you know with all the various ailments that occur to it eating chewing sleeping urinating body Fine. Doesn't have to be fantastic. You dispel that. You see where that is. Mm. Then, because the point is not not just a kind of endless sense of disgust, but recognizing there's something very precious about your body, which is your, your nervous system, and that's what gets stressed out by <laughs> trying to make yourself look good. You get anxiety, you get the, the whole nervous energies of the body are, are ramped up to succeed and be fantastic. That's very unhealthy. That's where the breakdowns occur. That part of your system should be respected. And seen as the most valuable thing. So you're not tense and insecure. But you get tense and insecure if you follow the wrong values, even you know, if you're not following running after you still have that sort of background notion and what is say, worthwhile 
What comes from witnessing changeability isn't insecurity, it's a sense of I can be aware of that change rather than I am insecure, those things change. Anatta, those things change. Not I am insecure, those things change. Not I am miserable, but those things are not satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Because there's something else. There's a presence and awareness that you can't really see as an object. So you can't exactly define it. Because it's not an object, it's a subject. It's the seer. And that becomes increasingly strong and comfortable and clear. You have to know, remember, recollect, turn back to that, it's signless. And what we get triggered by are called signs, nimitta. And this is the signs of the attractive, for example. So we see a human body, and then you know, see signs of shape or texture that give rise to something intriguing, delightful. That's a sign. Just like when you hear the sound of a bell, that's the sign. You know, go for the meal or do something. It's not just the sound, it's a sign, right? So that's a sign. It's a symbol. It's a similar sound symbol. Similarly, we make bodies into symbols. Um, you know, we encourage to do so. Value by our smile, or our texture of our complexion, or our bright eyes, or something. These symbolize intriguing, wonderful, captivating, happy, delightful. And actually, the converse is often true. Signs. 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 This is where the triggering occurs. Not the thing, but the sign. The symbol. The representation that's implanted. They get fed implanted. Sign of permanence, a sign of attractiveness, a sign of self, a sign of fulfillment in the world. Right? You know, so and so and so happy, she's an easygoing, comfortable, wonderful person, you know, got her own place, got some money, really likes her, she's charming, entertaining. You know, who's that? <laughs> Genuine fake. <laughs> you know, because when you talk to real people, they go, Oh yeah, but my kids got me pain or had a divorce or yeah, yeah, but I've got arthritis and I look pretty good, but actually I've got a disorder in my bladder or something. Yeah, you know, get real. And instead of seeing these signs, and these are the signs that when you meditate, these, if you're entering sign territory, because you're dipping into where these have been seeded. These are they're seeded, they're inculcated, they're seeded there. And so they're kind of right in the bottom of the mind or the back of the chitta somewhere. And you look around and you see something that corresponds to that sign and flash. And you get, yeah, this is just an instinct, a reflex. So you keep, or you're not just sitting with your eyes closed and 
memory or an imagination comes up that hits one of those buttons, desirable, attractive, wonderful, yeah, or whatever it is, boom, and then the mind starts racing. Yeah, that's where things come from. That's where phenomena arise from. And love them are not that passionate. Yeah. They're just, oh, tomorrow this, tomorrow that, tomorrow this, next day that, next day this, gotta do that, gotta do that. Sign, that sign, which is in a kind of sense of permanence. We establish a sign of continuity. There will be a tomorrow and five days' time, December and so forth. And that, that way of seeing things is imprinted. Things are impermanent, uncertain. Now, I'm not saying you can dismiss all that stuff for organization, but if you get skillful, you can hold it when it's time to hold it, relinquish it when it's time to relinquish it. <laughs> it takes it takes some work, but you see, behind that sign of having it all covered is the sign of things are going to be okay. If I get it all covered, planned and sorted out, things will be okay. There'll be no friction, no problems. Things will be okay. Um, well, <laughs> as you might have noticed, having things planned and figured and covered didn't make things okay, because nature took over, everything went upside down, you know, this broke down, he didn't turn up, that happened, she left, and so forth. Oh, well, what happened to all that? You know? So, you know, it's not going to make things okay. Once you recognize that, okay, well, I'll just, this is what we're going to roll out, and fine, and see how it goes. There's a certain lightness about it all. And that lessening of intensity, extremely valuable for meditation. The jitta then is no longer so nervous and cramped, and, and then it doesn't. It's like the wood is wood is wet; it doesn't catch fire. Yeah. The, the branch is flexible; it doesn't snap. It's, it's not taut; it's got some looseness; it doesn't snap. Mm-hmm. And we look at these signs, say, behind the images, behind what the mind is doing. And in this life, we, because it's such a, these are very embedded primary reflexes, it's, it is a major, major undertaking, actually. So a lot of practice is about cultivating signs that demonstrate different potentials. Everything potentially exists. So you get an impression, if you follow it, it will become as solid as you make it. Your friends and enemies will become as solid as you make them. Your future will attempt to be as solid, will be rock solid for you until something tells you differently. Crash and crash. So yeah, they become real because the passion is giving them their richness and their vigor.
dispassion, which is potential. Could be this, could be that, maybe this, maybe that. I'm kind of like this and somewhere like that. And, you know, we're in harmony now, and that's great. And probably could be some disagreement another time. Okay, we're human. Let's keep that in mind. Oh, I'm getting locked. Some state or another. This is true friendship. Allowing disagreement without making a big I am and he is and she is out of it. There's times when he meets and agrees, sometimes he doesn't. Okay? Don't lose faith. So cultivating the sign of, you know, Buddha Dhamma Sangha is very important. Awakening to, rather than taking a position within, awakening to how he is rather than taking a position in, in how it should be. Sangha, awakening to the potentials for cooperation rather than who's right and who's wrong. Cooperation and uh, means, probably means I've got to let go a little bit of mine. Not my speed, not my, I'd like to do it this way, okay. But cooperation for you is better. It takes the pressure off me to make it all Mine. Mine. These are the actual models of Sangha like that. And as you contemplate, I mean, it's to empower these. So every day we do chanting, um, sharing of merit. I like to make something out of these, whereby the sharing of merit is not just some kind of little clip you do at the end of the morning <laughs> before you go off to do your chores. You know, and Happy little babble, but you know, all the, the web that I'm connected to the earth, self, the teachers, friends, family, supporters, those who taught me, those who I teach, those who look to me for refuge, those who I take refuge in. Oh, Mandala, may this all acknowledge this, be with this, share the goodness with this, open to this. So it's very much like as a bringing forth of the jitta into that. And it means, you know, more thinking about, you know, the devas and the celestials and just fairy stories. Mm, yeah. But then most of life is fairy stories. The economy is a fairy story. Politics is fairy stories that become incredible belief systems that we bow to. Sanity is bad for the economy, but if it's stressed out, it's better for the economy. So get stressed out, better for the economy. The economy is the supreme god we bow, worship. And if it kills us, doesn't matter. We live a noble life. You know, it's exaggerating. If you unravel what actually happens, that's it. If people stress to, to extremes, causing personal distress and social distress to support what they call the economy. Is this the right economy? Looks like somebody's getting a whole lot of money, a few, and most people are just about managing what kind of. That's called stress. 
And if you do that to people, they're going to start cracking up. This is what's happening. Violence in the streets, people, mental illness increasing all the time. Stress, 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 stress. They say, oh, they're bad people. Well, you make them bad. You stress them out, that's what happens. You give them the wrong messages, that's what happens. You feed the potentials, that's what you get. Feed the potential for sharing, how about that? Feed the potential for cooperation rather than supremacy, how about that? If I got more, how about sharing with others, how about that? How about sharing goodwill? How about that? Real stuff, not just, you know, Christmas cards and slogans. So when we cultivate, you get the, the real signs. You know, if you want to put them into devas and world guardians, that's that's the cosmology. I can use that. I don't have to configure gnomes with funny hats on. But spirits, qualities of benevolence that I, you know, fundamentally the purpose is to ask me to be respectful of something higher and more profound than my views and opinions and my wishes and desires. And that's what the fundamental purpose of religion, best purpose of it was just be heedful, human. <laughs> Heedlessness is the path to death, and you're following it. Just jumping onto those triggering signs. Uh, you know, gods and divinities are saying basically there's something bigger out there than your perspectives. That's a good message to get. And it happens to be true. I don't know what it is, but it, it's that's the way it is, isn't it? Not just for me, but for all humanity. You know, we, we do it, and suddenly something is a breakthrough. Oh, we didn't realize that. No, you didn't. Because you're so embedded in your own self interest. Humans, wake up. So we just open and bring forward. I don't know where it is, but I want to bring forth goodness and share it in my heart with anything. And people I know, my friends, my supporters, those who support me, and so forth. Just making that a practice, so as you less you're changing the disposition of the mind, what is triggered by it. the sign of sharing, the sign of cooperation, yeah. signs of dispassionate towards aggrandizement being a success or a failure nothing can stop you sharing everybody's in the seed of that this is cultivation you know, so you, in meditation one of your themes is to at some time of the day when you practice turn it around you know? look at the signs that are there for you you have a uh, you know, a Buddha sign or a teacher, you know, or 
value or that breaks you sit up straight and bow then you've got something precious if you remember it something that causes you a sign that causes you to feel comforted when you're in a bleak state you should remember it and then you cultivate the sharing of merit and the sharing of blessings and opening the field these are the signs you pick up and energize they take you through difficult places and they keep you away from the hot spots which our mind drifts into the hot signs the self-pity the jealousies the comparisons the passions so you're cleaning out one thing is uh, established by the Buddha is that the deliverance is signless there's no triggering Nibbana is signless there's no nothing, no triggering every relinquishment is signless is it good? well, it's not bad Right, well, it's not dark. You know, it's always eluding the ways we want to, you know, have something, image to focus on, to be excited by. But you can use signs, skillful signs, to eliminate, turn your attention away from the unskillful signs. Chitta is strengthened, and as is said, you then turn, you can then turn it away from signs into the signless, into the knowing, into itself. So let's take some time for direct practice.